listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. Hello, I'm Johnny Cash. Welcome to the One Take Podcast, episode 13. This week, uh, quarantine edition. We are doing self-quarantine edition. We are doing a 2005 classic, a childhood classic of mine, if you will. Walk the Line. Walk the Line, of course, starring Walk, now Joaquin, Joaquin Phoenix. Christopher Walk, Christopher Walken Phoenix. And Dex's homegirl, main, main chick. The Reese Witherspoon, life. the love of your life. Reese Witherspoon. How we doing, guys? Laura Jean Witherspoon, please. <laughs> Laura, Laura Jean Witherspoon. Yeah. How we how we uh, doing? How, what do we think about this movie? How are we doing? Uh, working from home and quarantine and so on and so forth. Um, I'm sitting at a desk I stole from my office. I am officially working from home for the next thirty days. So. I now have like this spiffy setup that I've been using at my office, now uncomfortably jammed into my apartment. But we're, we're hanging in. We're hanging in. I mean, granted, we're three days in, so cabin fever is slowly setting in. For me, I have to go to work tomorrow. They haven't shut us down as of yet. I'm not sure why. Um, you would think we would be one of the first places to shut down, but... Yeah. You know, um, so I plan on going in work tomorrow. I didn't do anything yesterday or today. Stayed at home. Did my part. Socially distant. You already know, protecting the gang. Uh, we don't want to get the Rona. So, guys, I gotta tell you, I did not do my part. <laughs> God damn it, Royden! I was, I did absolutely everything the opposite that you were supposed to do. Like not on purpose. You were just licking just and like, touching people. It was just like, well, I, not that, but I was. <laughs> it was just like uh, not that extreme, but it was pretty extreme because it was just like. Um, Okay, everything started to shut down. I was already on the road for a wedding. Mm-hmm. So it's like, are we just not going to go to this wedding? There's folks at a wedding now. There there are some people at weddings. I don't know if y'all know this. A lot of olds, too. A lot of olds at weddings as well. So I was just kind of like, and I was just kind of like the entire time, somebody would like cough or sneeze, and I was just kind of like, all right. Um <laughs> This is how we all die. So we're all in like 200 people in like a small space is exactly what the CDC told us not to do. So we're doing this. Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. All right. And then I went to the most germ-infested place in the country, a casino. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh. As I was pressing those slot machines, I was like, this isn't this isn't great. Did you win anything? That's the important Hell part Hell no, dude. I lost. <laughs> like, like. Uncut gems, dude. I lost it all, man. <laughs> just he went full tilt. Just I went full tilt. I told I told myself I wasn't going to. I did. I pulled out a hundred dollars, and you can cut this. It doesn't even matter. It's not relevant to the movie today. But nope, I pulled it. out a hundred dollars. Good, and I went in. I will literally never gamble again. I went in. I put it was a ten dollar minimum on a blackjack table. I said, Ooh. okay, I'll, I'll just table. I know. I'll just put I'll just put twenty dollars in. Somebody said Alan shelled out three hundred. They were playing four separate hands at once. 
I put down, I put in a $10 bet. He goes, all right, here you go. I had 18. I stayed. 19, you lose. I got, I got two, tw- a next bet, I got two queens right out of the bat. Okay. 20. 20, done. Nope. Dealer, 21, I'm out. $20, just like that. Two hands. So Get out. Walk away. So, yeah. I I should have just left the casino at that point. I gambled down $100 on slot machines faster than anybody has ever seen. Because it's just like you don't think that you're gambling a dollar sixty every time you press a button. It's no. like 160 credits yeah. or 120 credits. You're gambling a dollar. You're gambling a dollar and a quarter every time you every time you press a button, and then all of a sudden, oh, I have fifty. Oh, I have twenty. Back up to forty. Back down to twenty. And it just and it's like a video game. It's, it, monkeys could do it. You just sit there and just like press a button. And you just lose the, it, it was the most wild thing. I walked out of there feeling like the biggest idiot. Like uh, I got got. Like I'm the first person that ever got got by a casino. Did you walk out short of breath with a fever? Not yet. <laughs> not yet. I'm, I'm not fully expecting. I mean, I mean, just people smoking cigarettes and it's just all touch screens and everything else. Like I stuck my hand on the back of the chair and it was wet. Oh, like, I don't know what that was. <laughs> uh, it was either cleaning agent or lotion, but it wasn't good. So hopefully it was cleaning agent. Uh, anyway, y'all are doing the right thing. I did the totally wrong thing, and I got to go to work. But, I mean, you work at a news station, so like, we expect you to go to work. Yeah, we kind of need you at work. Uh, You're expendable. Apparently. Yeah, you don't the work in a go-kart facility. Like, I, why am I going to work tomorrow? I don't know. Dude, you got to provide entertainment to the five people that are actively seeking it. <laughs> Not wrong. Nah, in Houston, everybody is just going everywhere. Nobody gives a fuck about this virus. Everybody's just like, it doesn't matter. I'm not going to die. Who cares? Like, let's just all do whatever we would normally do to own the libs. I mean, this is the biggest, I mean, not to get off track because we, you know, we are going to review a movie eventually. Like, it is the biggest sort of thing in my lifetime that I've seen happen. Like, no sports. They're going to shut, they're moving every movie. They're going to eventually probably shut down movie theaters. Like, it is the the lack of entertainment that we, I mean, now people are really starting to actually find out how to entertain themselves or see how much entertainment is actually out there because we're always getting new stuff Mm -hmm. all the time. So now people are having to actually find out what, what there is. You know, or things that they miss. You always hear about, oh, I got to watch that show. Well, now you got to watch The Wire, dude. Um, the exciting thing is, is like, this might be the thing that pushes uh, major distributors to like start looking into home releases for major motion pictures. Mm-hmm. This could be the death of theaters. <laughs> Who would have thought that that outcome would have happened? I'm, I'm just so shocked at all the sports stuff. Like for sure. something came out today. It's no more than 50 plus sporting event for another two months, 50 plus people at a sporting event for two months. Um, my most favorite day of the year mm-hmm. masters week is canceled. I don't, I don't even know how to handle that right now. Hello friends. 
<laughs> Jim Nance here. Uh, Did you think that we weren't going to be on TV? <laughs> well, you're wrong. He's going to come back with a vengeance in July. Just like, hello, friends. <laughs> Jim Nance here. Yeah, Jim Nance here. Uh, I don't know. It is it is just a weird feeling because especially like kids from Baylor are supposed to be back. I live right next to the Baylor campus with my brother, and it's just like a ghost town. It's unnerving. I don't know. But y'all are all working from home, and Dex, maybe you have to go into work tomorrow. So This is about to become the most popular podcast on the planet just because people are don't have anything else to entertain themselves with. We're gonna drop like seven dollars on Facebook ads and just blow up. Yeah, we're doing uh, we're doing walk the line. A personal favorite of mine. I don't know re- how we even really came across this. I think it was because Jake came with a garbage take that he doesn't like. A Star Is Born. Correct, and this is A Star Is Born, two thousand five. Name brand. A Star Is Born is better than this movie. That is a fact. Incorrect. That is- Oh, okay. So we're going reverse on this. Um, okay, let's get into it. After a ten-minute, you know, a nine-minute cold open, uh, what do we feel about um, Walk the Line? Uh, actually, let me give the quick synopsis, like I always do, if you don't mind. Sorry. Let's see here. Walk the Line came out in 2005 like i've been saying it is two hours and 16 minutes i accidentally watched the two hour and 35 minute director's cut i don't know how i did that but uh it's rated pg-13 uh it stars it stars joaquin phoenix reese witherspoon jennifer goodwin directed by a uh younger james mangold which is kind of surprising actually a chronicle of country music legends johnny cash's life from the early days on an Arkansas cotton farm to his rise to fame with Sun Records in Memphis, where he recorded alongside Elvis Presley, Jerry Lee Lewis, and Carl Perkins. Uh, has a 72% 72 meta score from Metacritic, which is actually pretty good. 7.8 user score on IMDb, which is actually pretty good as well. It won one Oscar for Reese Witherspoon, which deservedly so. She was the best part about this movie. We can get on that in a little bit. Uh, but also nominated... Best Actor, Joaquin Phoenix. Best Achievement in Film Editing, Michael Kukusker. What a name. Best Achievement in Costume Design, Ariane Phillips. And Best Achievement in Sound Mixing, Paul Macy, Doug Hemphill, and Peter F. Curlin. Um, Joaquin Phoenix won the Golden Globe for this, and Reese Witherspoon uh, won that as well. Um, and this won the Golden Globe for Best Motion Picture Comedy. Wasn't nominated for uh, Best Film, surprisingly. What won that year? Um, I think... It, it, no, this is the year that Crash won. Oh. Ooh, hard. When hard. everybody was tripping. Yeah. Well... Dex had... Crash is like good, Dex. Son. Is it? <laughs> what? I thought Dex had a take on that. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna you come You think in. Crash is good? I do. I do. Oh, Y'all go ahead and duke my, it out. I haven't seen it. My wife has walked out and is just staring at me angry. I don't know. I like a good vignette movie. What does that have to do with Crash? <laughs> Isn't, it's a bunch of, well, tiny it's stories. Not a, it's not good, though, is what I'm saying. I know. <laughs> I I love it. I'm sorry. I will. I will not be ashamed of saying I love Crash. 
that's fair. I don't even know what else was like out that year to beat Crash. Apparently not enough, but um, yeah, I, Crash is not good to me, man. We'll have to take that one down eventually, too. <laughs> well, I mean, this could have beaten uh, Crash, probably. Uh Oh, wait, this was oh, six Oscars, wasn't it? Yeah, and uh, I mean, it had, like, good night and good luck. It wasn't a great year for the Oscars that year. Um, this also has an 83% uh, critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. So, a universally loved film, 90, 90% user score on uh, Rotten Tomatoes as well. It didn't gross as much money as you think that it would gross. I mean, it, it, it made its budget back and then some. I think it, yeah, it was a $28 million budget and made $186.7 uh, million dollars, uh, worldwide gross, which isn't, which isn't terrible by any stretch for a uh, Oscar-nominated, you know, an Oscar-bait uh, biopic. So, I mean, that's all I really got to say in introducing this film. What We'll start with uh, Jake. What do we think about this movie overall? And what letter grade would you give it? Um, opening up, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a B plus. Yeah, I feel confident with that one. I'm gonna go with a, a B plus. Um, I didn't grow up with Johnny Cash's music. It wasn't something I was playing in uh, my parents' house, and so I, I. This was when I first saw it. This was kind of my introduction because I think there was a huge run up on. Johnny Cash uh, before this movie came out and then kind of afterwards. Um, and so that's kind of my introduction to his music was this through this film and, and sort of the marketing behind it. Uh, but I enjoyed it. I, I thought it was, I thought it's a good film. It is long. There's like three different parts where the movie could have ended. And I think it ends in a very weird spot where it chooses to end. Um, but overall, I think it's good. Uh, I think the film does miss some parts of Johnny Cash's life, like he killed all the California condors. Um, but otherwise, else, it's good. I enjoyed it. It's fine. Wait, wait what? He, he what? <laughs> yeah. He accidentally, go ahead. I, I mean, he accidentally burned down hundreds of acres of California wildlife, um, started a massive forest fire do you do you have anything more about that jake i was reading about that earlier uh it was like his truck or his camp or something he was out in uh, a national forest in california and his truck or his camper or whatever caught on fire and it took out like 500 some odd acres including the refuge of uh the california condors killing 49 out of the 53 god damn yeah. he only he only had to pay i mean not only it was a lot of money back then but he yeah. had to pay like eighty thousand dollars or something like that yeah but and he like, didn't give a shit like he i think he was interviewed he was like i don't care about your birds good lord i had no idea that ever happened that has never come up <laughs> no it's one of those things that you don't know especially like with this also with his like i mean people know about his drug use now but like mm -hmm. nobody knew about johnny cash's drug use from our generation at all yeah and the film also kind of grazes over the he was arrested a bunch of times i mean it was all for drugs and alcohol but he gets arrested once and then it's just it, it exists and then it doesn't and it's more of the come up story of like rehab for him in this movie but he was a bad boy for a long time that this film kind of just grazes over in a weird way 
it's so weird because, and we can talk about sort of Johnny Cash as a whole maybe in a little bit, but it's so weird when you look at this music and you hear it now that you're like, he was this bad boy image, bad boy personified, wore black and all. But but when you listen to his music, it's like, you're like, yeah, nothing screams, yeah, nothing screams uh, rebel without a cause like uh, yeehaw music. Yeah. You know, and I love Johnny Cash music, but it just is so funny to me that back then people were like, sinner. <laughs> yeah, that was one of the like main things that I was just being like, what the fuck? Like during this film, like at one point, uh, June Carter's in the grocery store <laughs> and some lady who works at the grocery store just like stops her to talk about how awful divorce is. And it's like, this is June <laughs> Carter in Marriage your store. For this is this is what you want to talk to June Carter about? Divorce? Like, <laughs> Ma'am, she's been famous since she's 10. You work in a grocery store? Uh, you want to calm down a one. minute? You want to talk to her about divorce? Like that? You have like 30 seconds with June Carter, of all people. You want to spend it talking about how awful divorce is? Like she doesn't know that. Like I'd, The entire, like, center christian thing it's like just kind of around in the movie but there's not like that big a part of the movie it just feels weird uh, mm-hmm. but what do you think overall dex and we'll uh kind of get into some more parts here in a second i'm kind of in the same range as jake um i'm gonna go with a b just because it feels i guess i also watched the director's cut because it was like two and a half hours long it just felt so long and uh there were a lot of parts of it's like we didn't we didn't really need to do that uh but i really like the I don't know. I like the vibe of it. I love the soundtrack. Love uh, Joaquin Phoenix and Reese Witherspoon singing, even though they don't sound like the real life people. I thought it was still like good vocals. So, yeah, I'll give it a B. Don't sound like or don't look like them at all. No, yeah, like have you seen? Yeah, have you seen actual pictures of? Uh, I'm sure they were. They all look good to whoever back in the day, and they were mega stars. So mm-hmm. people always like want to, you know get with a megastar but like both Joaquin Phoenix and Reese Witherspoon are so much better looking than they ever were it's crazy a young Joe Pesci is closer to what Johnny Cash looked like than Joaquin Phoenix (laughs) (laughs) can you imagine Joe Pesci on the uh, (laughs) we got married in a fever that's my Joe Pesci performance Um, thank you Holy shit, I'm... he does look like Joe Pesci. <laughs> yeah, he looks like... Yeah. They, they have, like, the same fat cheeks is what's going on for him. I, I don't know who you who was hanging around early 2000s that you could have cast as June. Granted, don't I, cast Joe I mean... Pesci either, but... We can get into the we can get into their performances here in a little bit, especially Witherspoon's performance. Who she is just she radiates off the screen. I feel like she's definitely to me the best part of this movie. I think this uh, I'll give it my grade. I think this is a melodrama biopic by the numbers, saved by the story, the likability of the stars who it's based on or the renown of the stars that it's based on and the performances of Joaquin and Reese Witherspoon. I think, I think it's pretty paint by numbers biopic. Like if you ever, Mm -hmm. like any, like 
any like ABC family movie biopic that you would see like this when like an hour and 15 miniseries event on CBS or something that's this but just PG-13 and on the big screen and but because the performances are so good because they actually learned how to sing and play instruments and like act around that and because they sort of really embody what I mean, by all accounts, what this story was, even though it took a lot of liberties, we can also talk about that too. Yep. Took so many liberties with their story. That saves this movie, I feel like. James Mangold, you can see hints of things that he's done in his later work that are in this movie. It's like he almost got more confident over time, which I guess with any director he has, but he's exponentially improved from this. I don't think the script's entirely great either. There's a few great lines. But overall, I would give it a B. I'm with I'm with Dex. I'm a little bit maybe a B minus, but I'd give it a B. And I love this film. Mm-hmm. I saw this film forever. I saw that not forever. I saw this film when it came out in theaters in a one uh, one theater, one screen theater in my hometown of Livingston, Texas. And I remember it being one of the first adult themed movies that I had ever really paid attention to and noticed and now going back and looking at it I was like this could be more there's some right like am I wrong like there could be more here that they just aren't telling us and maybe it's what they had to work with yeah but it's just like they skirt over the surface of being subversive or telling saying something and instead they just fall into sort of telling their story um, like there's almost something like a star is born saying here about they could have said something about superstardom. They could have said something about drug issues and they did a little bit, but not really. Uh-uh. They just kind of like it's just kind of they showed those issues through these characters and it just wasn't they didn't go deep enough w- upon rewatch. No, I, I think I, I totally agree. Um, I think they probably kept closer to what it actually was like i mean this is taking place 40s through 60s ish late 60s so and i I think that's kind of the honest reaction that people would have had to drug addiction at the point in time it's just like you got to sober them up and hopefully it'll get clean like i don't i don't think really rehab exists i don't think like getting clean or um forcing people to understand what was really happening uh, what addiction really is at that time so I think they were true to probably what really happened or kind of close to what those conversations were could the film have done more to I don't know give a moral to the story probably but it also ends on a weirdly happy note like implying that after Johnny and June got married and they go to the house and everybody's happy with the family like that he was clean and sober again no, he relapsed multiple, multiple times, um, all the way up to his death. So, it you, we definitely could have gone deeper, but I think we also ended on a very high note for a desperately tragic story of an accomplished singer. Yeah, I think the ending is kind of hand wavy. It's just kind of like, and they live happily ever after. Look at that! Like he even gets along yeah. with his dad now, apparently. Yeah, that nope. was also weird. 
It's like, hey, uh, your dad was like probably abusing you your entire life, but I mean, he's here now and he's with your children, like just having a good time, I guess. Um, didn't really work through that. Uh, Asshole dad of the century, man. He was Robert Patrick. Should have been the one to take Bra- Yeah, bravo, dude. He took the wrong son. Also, does not age. Wrong Granted, kid, I mean, I think like 20, maybe a little bit less years have passed. The dad does not age. Not at all. No. Not at all. They made no effort. They gave the mom It's glasses. funny because, yeah, they age up the mom just a little bit. But it's funny when he's saying bye to her at the beginning, like when he's going to the Air Force, it's like, oh, they're just the same age. Yeah. <laughs> like they didn't even bother changing Goodbye. the dad's wardrobe. Like he's still wearing the same overalls. They're like, oh, okay. Goodbye, grown adult son, Joaquin Phoenix, totally 18 years old. Also, I love the line that the mom is trying to tell him, like, you know, be safe out there because he's going to war. The dad's like, he's not going to war. He's going to Germany. Like, all right, just shame him. (laughs) Shame him a little bit because he has control over that. Going to miss your bus. Okay, bye. (laughs) Later. Also, why was he, like, stumbling down the street, like, during that? Was that, like... (laughs) Yeah, a he reference does trip. or something? No, that was a, that was a reference to the very beginning when he would uh, when he would run with his brother with the fishing pole. Uh, did not okay, take that cool. away. Because <laughs> I like kind of thought it was that, but it didn't look the same. I was like, "What? I don't, I don't know." Well, I mean, this. What do we think about Joaquin's performance in this, and 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 how he did? Is this? And I'll present this question to you, and maybe y'all can go off of it. Is this the most normal role that Joaquin Phoenix has ever had, or the most I don't know true role that he's ever had? Because her is actually kind of a normal role, but it's still weird. Mm-hmm. Or like he's played some more like genre films, like he was in, you know, Ladder Forty Nine, and. Uh, like we own the night and stuff like that that are nowhere near this or some of his later most recent work where it seems like he's almost just fallen off a wagon or he's gotten even a little bit more crazy and what we know about Joaquin Phoenix yeah this was right before he started doing the whole I'm not there or I know no I'm still here Mm -hmm. thing so like this is right before that you could kind of see him start going down you were never that. really so, there, which is just Joker sans makeup. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I just I, – I liked his performance. I'll just go ahead. I think this is probably the most normal role he's ever played. I think it may be his best role. Some would disagree because of Joker and whatnot. And a lot of people love her and Gladiator. So it, this guy has an amazing filmography. He really does. That's all, it's really incredible, actually. But – I think that this is probably this made him into a star. I feel like because I I don't know. I feel like Gladiator was one of those things where it's like we got to take this guy serious as a really as a big time actor. He's not just River Phoenix brother and all that stuff and all that weird backstory. But it was like this role. He was nominated for an Oscar, mm-hmm. and I think it was this role that everybody's like this guy could be a movie star. Yeah. Is what I think. So I think his performance maybe I think he may have deserved the Oscar that year, but uh Philip Seymour Hoffman won for Capote, which I'm not gonna take that away. So because if you've seen that performance, 
it's pretty damn good. But uh, he, yeah, I think he had a good chance. I thought he was going to win back in the day. I was kind of ten year old Royden was really upset by that. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think his performance is probably rated, maybe a little bit underrated. Uh, I'll agree. I'll go probably rated, maybe. Uh, actually, probably rated. Um, I wouldn't say underrated because I think before Joker, this is what you thought of Joaquin Phoenix. Well, maybe her. Um, the only thing that detracts is he looks nothing like Johnny Cash, and so through the whole film, you're just looking at Joaquin Phoenix, and they made no effort to change him, and that's not on his fault. Like that's more makeup and costuming. Um. So it's more heavily reliant on his actions and how he sings. And he really did sing the songs. Um, so in that regard, like as a portrayal of Johnny Cash while looking like Joaquin Phoenix, kills it. He's absolutely fantastic. And I agree that this is probably the closest to a normal role he has. Maybe the master, but that one deals with insane things. Um, it's like mental illness and like thing. He has like, I thought he had like a mental illness in the master. He does. Um, but it, I mean, here he's playing a drug addict. So <laughs> yeah. like, I uh, guess it's not that normal quote unquote for sure. Uh, but no, I, I, I agree. This is probably the, the closest he's coming to a, a normal or at least a relatable character. Um, but yeah, I agree. He's he's probably rated the fact that he sang these songs, the fact that he both hated and eventually got along with Reese Witherspoon is really telling in the film because there's a lot of scenes that were not so much improvised, but were told to like, hey, if you were in this situation, what would you look like? When he stares down Reese Witherspoon in sort of that awkward way and she just rolls her eyes, completely improvised by him. So he really kind of did get into this mindset of, what a drug-addled Johnny Cash was doing um, or would act like. But I, I agree, it's rated. It's fantastic. Real quick before Dex goes, I did want to mention that. it Like, we know it, character actor, or not character actor, uh, method actor Joaquin Phoenix to, I mean, to a T, pretty much. Because in this film, you can see, and maybe it's just subtle, you can see when he gets off drugs and when you know that he's been taking drugs for a long time, he just starts to like subtle differences. He starts to like act different or more calm or a little bit more like when he's, when he's sober, he's sort of like more a little bit on edge or uneasy in his own skin. It's just little things that I kind of noticed about his performance that I was like, Oh yeah, he committed to this wholeheartedly. And we've never known Joaquin Phoenix never to not, commit to a role so yeah he's one of the this is one of the few drunk performances that are that's actually pretty true to the real life thing like it's very easy for actors to go very overboard and be like super slurry and falling over he he nails it he nails it he somehow gets glassy-eyed i don't know if he actually was shit-faced while on set but like he somehow embodies what a drunk person is yeah, that was the scene where uh, June Carter walks in on all the guys like drunk on the stage and like she starts throwing beers and shit at them. That's one of my favorite parts of this movie. Both of them fucking killed that scene. Um, but yeah, I'd say Joaquin Phoenix was properly rated here. Uh, everybody knows he was great in this movie. Uh, his performance is a lot more like Rocket Man than Bohemian Rhapsody. Like Bohemian Rhapsody, Rami Malek straight up like copy Freddie Mercury and like tried to look like him and tried to sound like him and Joaquin Phoenix like did not do that at all here 
I think the movie mm-hmm. is better for it because they're not like it's not the Bohemian Rhapsody or bombshell thing where you're like watching it just like holy shit this is weird like you're just kind of like you're just watching the movie and just enjoying the performance it's not like this is uncanny and gross and weird uh, so yeah I like that part of it uh, I did write down that maybe Joker wasn't as transformative a performance as I thought because there were definitely scenes in this movie where I was like this is just like the Joker <laughs> like, like that yeah. pillow talk scene I was like I, I see the Joker's face right now I hear the Joker's voice right now like when he's like pillow talking with Reese Witherspoon after the first time they fuck and like taking the peanuts from her i was like this could be straight out of joker <laughs> like <laughs> well you know and there's still in 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 later roles that he has too like and like jake was saying i'm still or i was never really here or whatever it, it's called hold on i can actually find uh, the name of it you were, you never, were never really, really here. here yeah you were never really here which is a insane movie if you haven't seen it we talked about it a little bit when we talked about joker but it it literally is joker without face paint so it's not like he hasn't done or he has these tendencies or he hasn't brought other tendencies, the other roles. Like there's a little bit of his gladiator, weird gladiator character in here too. Like if you look at it as well, where he's just sort of like whispering and things like that or not talking about any, you know, so there's a little, there's a few things like that. I think Dex, you make a good point where they didn't, and Jake, you were talking about how he didn't look like him. I feel like it was a directorial choice to be like, we're just going to try to let their performances embody the actual people. And that's going to do the work for it. Like we trust these actors enough to try to embody these people or bring something new to this that we don't want to ruin it with weird prosthetic. Cause like Johnny Cash's nose is way bigger and like, kind of like he's a little bit thicker than, than Joaquin Phoenix is and shorter for sure. And just all that stuff. And, Reese Witherspoon just doesn't, I can't say it, just does not look anything like June Carter. It also can't be understated that they really did sing in this. Like what Mm -hmm. we know about Rami Malek's performance, speaking of a biopic, he didn't sing. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to sing like Freddie Mercury, but like that can't be understated that he learned how to play guitar. She learned how to play that weird handheld fiddle thing whatever that auto i don't know harp auto harp yeah yeah i've never seen that um she learned how to play that they both sang from what i know i don't know if reese witherspoon ever sang or joaquin phoenix ever sang and they learned about that after they signed the contracts which is kind of interesting so that can't be understated enough or overstated enough for this performance i feel like let me just say, before we move on to Reese Witherspoon's performance, she sang him under the table every scene. Oh, killed him. <laughs> just murdered him. Just every single song. Yeah, which is crazy because I don't think that June Carter is any better of a singer. Maybe it's just the way that her voice sounds. Because mm-hmm. she does have that kind of high-pitched, shrill country voice. Like Dolly, Dolly Parton or anything like that. Where it's just like it doesn't register right to me and maybe it's just old recordings and things too. But like, I don't think that June Carter is any better of a singer than Johnny cash, but like you're saying, Reese Witherspoon bodied Joaquin Phoenix. Just put the team on her back the whole time. (laughs) She really did. Like even the, the bottle throwing scene, even though all those guys are supposed to be drunk, she's, she controls the whole theater. This is her best performance. No, 
Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So I'm what do we think? Legally like, blonde, get in here. Well, I mean, <laughs> some would argue. I'm not. I'm not against that. If you want to make an argument, I'm not going to like fight you about it. No. Reese Witherspoon uh, <laughs> is my queen. She's had a great career, uh, even on like television. Like she's great on Big Little Lies, all that. Oh, but, like, incredible! On it. it. This is just. This is it. This is the one. Like, this is I the agree. best performance. She had a career trajectory of going from like legally blonde in the early 2000s to this and everything where she was about like she was going to and she did. She won an Oscar. So it's not like it's not like she wasn't she didn't blow up, but like she was going to be it. You know what I mean? I don't know what she did after this. Let's see. Walk the line. Reese Witherspoon. It's not like she's fallen off or anything like that. And she was nominated for another Oscar for Wild, which is a very underrated movie. Wild is pretty great. good. Um. So after this, she had she just kind of did a few weird projects, you know, just like just like Heaven, Penelope, Rendition, Four Christmases, which is underrated Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. Um, this means War Water- the Goat. Yeah, Water for Elephants, Mud, which is good. She has kind of a bit role in that. But, yeah, she just hasn't done until Wild. She really, like you know, almost a decade later, she really didn't have a, you know, a carry. Like, she didn't have, she didn't carry a movie until then, which is weird. It's weird because she was just on this trajectory to be, I don't know, name a star of the last 30 julia roberts or something like that you know what i mean yeah i don't know it's like she could have been like her and jennifer aniston could have easily swapped places like career-wise but yeah it just didn't break that way and she's well granted reese witherspoon's had one of the better careers of any hollywood actress nominated for multiple oscars won an oscar so like she's now getting yeah, Emmys and Golden Globe. She's getting into t- TV. She has a new Hulu series that I feel like is going to be great. Little Fires or whatever it's called. Little Mike Fires. Little Fires <laughs> Everywhere? Yeah. Little Fires Everywhere, yes. So, like, and she's doing that, and I think that's probably a good move, to be honest, to tell stories like that. Yeah. But, you know, she's had as good of a career as any actor, so it's just not like she fell off or anything, but it is just weird to me that it was just like, I don't know. She yeah. just wasn't. She didn't get nominated. She didn't have this run like Amy Adams had or whatever, where yeah. she was just constantly getting nominated. Uh, I still don't understand Amy Adams' run for the record. But ooh. moving on. We'll get there. Dex, what do you? What do we think about her performance? You just said a little bit, but this is your girl. I mean, it's all of our girl. She's the world's girl. But now, what do you think about her performance? Uh. I mean, I think it's properly rated. She won the Oscar. Everybody knows she was great, but like we mentioned, she like carried this film on her back. She crushed it. Every scene she's in is great. Uh, her chemistry with everybody she's on screen with is just perfect. Like even when she's at the award show and like Johnny Cash's wife has beef, like she oh, plays stay that away perfectly. From my kids. Yeah, yeah. And we got to talk about that, by the way. We got to talk about Vivian later, but. Uh, yeah, I want to talk about that because they did her dirty in this film. Dirty. But yeah, like her reaction to the grocery store lady, you know, all of her character development is just like just perfectly played. Um, the scene where she first is talking to Johnny Cash and he's talking about how she had to 
learn to become funny because she wasn't the good singer in the family and all that. Like, just all of it is just perfectly played, spot on. No missteps here from Reese Witherspoon. Jake? Uh, I agree. I'm going to go with properly rated. It's hard to be under or overrated by winning an Oscar. Like, you earned it. She killed it. Um, I, I part of June's story, at, at least in this film, uh, very much I, I think would be easy. Not easy as in anybody can do it, but easy for like an actress that has kind of grown up into this and into a uh, celebrity sort of lifestyle as Reese has. So I think it's, it's it was easy for her to get into that mindset, and at the same time she was also getting divorced, so kind of trapping mm-hmm. into those like. I think she pulled a lot of real world experience into this part, which allowed her to just carry the whole thing. Um, she also got the blessing of the real June Cash before she passed to play this role, um, which is a huge honor, I would imagine. Um, but she does kill it. Like Dex is absolutely right. Every scene she's in, she is doing her best. How she looks at Joaquin Phoenix when he proposes for like the 80th time on the bus and she's so annoyed and over it and trying to like convince him that this isn't right like that is just good acting like that is what every actress should watch is that scene um she kills it she's she's absolutely fantastic in this film properly rated not much more needs to be said about about her performance she that y'all didn't say she goes toe-to-toe with one of the best actors of a generation in joaquin phoenix granted he wasn't that at the time but you know He's still an he's still an incredible actor, and she for somebody who seems like a very normal you know mom, uh, albeit that she's been super famous for a long time, she seems like a pretty normal person. So to go toe to toe with the, I'll say it, the weirdo that we know that Joaquin <laughs> Phoenix is, like yeah, you see you see like the annoyance on her face, or like the like like he actually bugged her or something like that. Maybe that's a good job by Phoenix, but it's also just like you could see like her going. And, and, and she probably embodied what what who June Carter was is a strong female, although she she does hang around trying to take care of a stand, you know, stand by your man. She tries to take care of a crackhead for the rest of his life. So it's just like a crackhead and a deadbeat, basically. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If he wasn't super talented, I don't know, like it'd be different. But it's just like but it's just like there is that sort of weird stand by your man message in this movie that I don't think. Even when he's not your man. Yeah, well. That's the one thing that kind of they did June dirty is that after like the halfway point, her story and like how much she's gone through as as a performer, as a child performer into, you know, being this famous performer that'd be recognized in a grocery store. Like she just gets fallen apart and her only role is to take care of Johnny after that, which is very dirty. And that's one thing that they kind of skirted over. I said they skirted over the surface of a lot of things with Johnny. So they skirted over the surface of childhood fame, too, and what that does to you. Like, June Carter was divorced several times and, like, you know, was on the road a lot away from her family. Like, no, I mean, apparently for, you know, what we see or what we know is that she had a good family life with her parents, but her parents were always pushing her and her siblings to be these mega fame. You know, they were on TV since they were 10. Like or on the radio since they were like ten, so it's just like they skirted barely over the surface of her. Like she has a couple of lines, like like you were saying, like you know, I had to learn to be funny and yada. Like, what does that do? I want to know what that does to a person psychologically. And maybe there's a better movie within this. Yeah, 
You know what I mean? Um, or maybe the, there should just be a June Carter biopic. Okay. But like, but like, so she, her character is almost a little bit let down by the script, but she she did the most that anybody could with, and then she embodied a June Carter, who I assume was a very strong willed, <clears throat> excuse me, woman that that could go toe to toe with these psychotic larger than life performers that we know today especially like jerry lee lewis and like holy crap you know what i mean yeah. <laughs> like, like or elvis presley and stuff like that and she could go toe-to-toe and she was beloved by everyone um the only other thing that bothered me and it's not you know her choice or anything we spend a good chunk of the film watching johnny's home life falling apart and he, they, we kind of get a moment where he seems to care about his children, but then after a while, it doesn't matter anymore. Like they just kind of become fodder to the divorce story. We forget that, or not, we forget, but we're never really shown that June also had children until like a little past halfway when she leaves the tour and is driving home, and there's like a kid in the yard that's going mommy, and you're like, oh shit, she also has children. She has a family that was never really discussed. Or shown, really. Yeah, the whole time there's like this weird tension because like, you know, I mean, if you're watching this movie, you probably know that Johnny Carter and I mean, Johnny Cash and June Carter end up married and like die together, essentially. So it's like, yeah. uh, this is real awkward. <laughs> like, uh, not a fan of Dirty Mackin', uh, but you know, <laughs> I guess you uh, shouldn't let anybody come between you and the man of your dreams if he has a wife, so... <laughs> There's like thirty. Got to do what you got to do. children floating around in the background <laughs> of this film. Yeah, I, exactly. I think they had like they they had the son John, you know John Carter Cash, and uh, he basically secured the rights to this movie and and you know their will and his, the book rights and everything else. So a lot of it is told from his perspective. So you know he. I think he let, they left a lot of like other children out and like three or four more daughters that maybe Johnny Cash had or something like that. You know, that probably they just had, there was a lot of like siblings that just weren't in this or didn't have any big roles in this. Um, let's talk about a couple of the bit players, especially Vivian. Is it Vivian? Yeah. Let's talk about Vivian. The writers did that woman and her memories so dirty in this film. I said that earlier. Just the worst. Like, they made her the villain of a movie that had a central villain in Johnny Cash. Like, Johnny Cash is the bad person here. Like, throughout. Yeah. They fell on the trope that the first wife never supports the star. And that because of that, they're terrible. Right. Dex, did you have something to say about that? I just the entire time I was like, that poor woman, like she was right at every turn. Like when Johnny Cash was like first starting and his band was terrible and they were trash. She was like, hey, you guys are trash. You need to like (laughs) do something better. Like this is garbage. And then he goes to the record company, doesn't listen to her. And the record executives like, you guys are trash. Do something better. I was like, your wife just told you that, you bitch. Like, uh, and then obviously she's getting cheated on this entire time. Basically, she's done nothing but trying to be supportive. With question, with que- with questionably aged women, might I add. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, he's questionable. She's at home opening letters of like jailbait photos, and he's yeah. just like, "Oh, don't worry about it." Well, also cheating on her. Like, come on, bro. Like, just the entire time, I was just like, "This this woman has been done so dirty by these people and by Johnny Cash." And like, I know I'm supposed to root for Johnny and June to be together and be happy, and that's what happens. But also, like, fuck, man. You can't I am... make a wife a villain while also having a montage of how many women your cheating husband has slept with. Like, she cannot be the villain when we're shown that she's being the one mistreated. I imagine that they wanted you to be like, to be like, oh, Johnny Cash is awesome. But you're, well, Johnny Cash is the asshole. But what we get swept up in is, man, look how cool his life is before yeah. he starts doing like crazy amounts of barbiturates. But like, the i think that's what we want to get swept they wanted us to get swept up in the stardom or whatever or we get swept up in the stardom but they wanted us to be like oh man he's such a like a just a terrible person and yada 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 and look what she's dealing with but the way and it's partly to blame like how jennifer goodwin played it too Mm -hmm. like the script didn't do her any favors and the direction didn't either i'm sure but like if you watch the uh you know if you watch the director's cut there's a scene that they cut out and good might watching the director's cut sidebar watching the director's cut the 15 minutes that they cut out of this film totally needed to be cut out cuz i remember where the cuts were actually cuz i had seen this so many times and it's like a couple of the scenes this is the, this scene in particular where like he's writing cry 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 down in his basement and she comes down there and for no reason at all, she's like, you hate me. <laughs> like, that, that wasn't needed. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's bad. That's. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, yes, he hates it. Like he just, he's in a happy, he's, he's not happy, but we're not supposed, I don't know. I don't know. We're not supposed to hate you because you hate him. I don't know. They just did that poor and I and by and by all accounts I think that the children of her and Johnny Cash did not like that portrayal. And they shouldn't. No. Yeah, I think one of the criticisms was that she just comes off very weak and subservient. Like she like speaks her part but then just takes it all. Especially the scene where he's hanging the picture of June, which is bananas. Um, and then basically just tackles her and yells at her like that is not a good look in a biogra- biographical movie. But I mean, what she was, was in the right. <laughs> no, she was absolutely in the right. Like that that whole scene is bonkers, and I, I don't I don't know what purpose it serves other other than to just get her out. Which it's not like the whole film was not just a screaming red flag for her to leave anyway. But we need a slight spousal abuse scene. Um, but yeah, she looks incredibly weak in this film and subservient to him, which is bananas. Jake, hang a picture of Reese Witherspoon <laughs> in your house and see what your uh, wife does. I think I think she'd be okay with that. She loves Reese Witherspoon. Oh, okay, never mind then. <laughs> but yeah, I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you, dude? Why would you do that? <laughs> what? What? Yeah, what, what is dude, the point? Like, obviously, like... Mexican barbiturates will make you do crazy things. <laughs> But it's such a wild scene because before it, he gets arrested, she comes home, 
obviously should be upset. Your husband just got busted with a mega shit ton of drugs trying to smuggle them. Felony. Yeah. Um, trying to smuggle them. And he comes home and she is rightly upset with him. And then he goes and has a moment where he tries to build a shrine to June in like a spare bedroom. Of course she should be absolutely upset about this. At 7 a.m. nonetheless, dude, go to bed. <laughs> like you should be asleep. And it's like, I already or, know you want to be with her. Like, I, we've already been forced to interact with each other. I told her to stay away from us. Like, I know what's going on. And you want to hang a giant picture of her in our house? Like, why, why are you terrorizing <laughs> me? What did I do? Well, that whole stay away from me moment really was the, like, the kicker where it's you're supposed to not. And back in 2005, when I was 11, I was like, yeah, that, that woman's so mean to, to June Carter. And yada, yada, yada. And now it's just like, that was unnecessarily like, they didn't need to do that to that woman's memory. I And I don't know if she's dead, but I... I, I, I assume so. Yeah, I kind of assume so. But like, if both of them are dead, they'd be really, really old right now. But the... Um, that's just like unnecessarily rude to that woman's to that woman's memory to make her look like she's the bad guy for not wanting this adulterer to to talk to her kids. Yeah, it, it's just like I didn't even like think anything negative of Vivian for that scene. I was just like, I mean, you're right because this entire movie, your husband's just trying to fuck this woman. Like, it is what it is. And it is being super obvious, not even, like, attempting to hide it. Man, Johnny Cash was just for June. Please, ma'am, may I have a sliver? <laughs> just please, ma'am, one time. Just just any bit. Just let me have some, please. Just, just the tip. Just, the movie. <laughs> just the tip, the movie. Oh, my gosh. And it paid oh. off. Wow, what a shame! Yeah, uh, like like thirty years later, man, yeah. he was just like all all the time. But please, please, ma'am, harassing and stalking her. The movie. <laughs> please, June Carter, will you step on me with high heels, please? Um, I wrote, all, like, I wrote that down. Ahead. Like when they were at the award show, I was like, Vivian is looking good right now. Why are you harassing June Carter? <laughs> like. <laughs> And also, uh, what a terrible look for her, because obviously Johnny's like shit-faced at that, turns around and begins harassing June, and Vivian's like, turn around, stop it. Oh, you're going to run after her? Okay, bye. <laughs> Very weak and doesn't care. It's so, it's so funny that immediately after that Vivian gets mad at June Carter for the kid thing, June Carter turns up the sexiness like tenfold <laughs> and like giving her bedroom giving him bedroom eyes and everything on stage and everything like that now that and i know then it's that, that, like yeah and then like the next scene is when they first have sex so it's just kind of like man women really compete huh <laughs> like that's was that the message that they're kind of like spreading here like what was that just so weird uh watching Vivian, this whole movie, it reminded me of, uh, I can't remember what her name is, like, the character from The Help, Bryce Dallas Howard's character. I was like, this is the same person. They look just alike, they act just alike, nobody mm -hmm. really likes them except for me, I guess. Uh, no. It's, <laughs> it's the shitty, my wife is terrible trope. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's been overplayed a lot in movies. What did we think of the Robert Patrick as the dad? Now, granted, he didn't have a lot to do um, in this. I mean, he wasn't. He he just had to play like the the foil almost to Johnny Cash, like like the wrong. I keep doing the Dewey Cox. The wrong kid died. <laughs> wrong kid died like i keep there's so many things that that movie got right about this movie and like other biopics that that's a movie that we need to go back over is is dewey cox where it's just like we're 14 i just met you let's go get married you know it's just like i met you five minutes ago do you want to be my wife oh yeah yeah, the wrong the scene where he's in the air force and he like proposes to the woman he knew for like a month and then he left (laughs) exactly the 50s were a wild time, man. You just call a woman on the phone and be like, you want to go down to the judge and get married? Sure. <laughs> Your parents would murder you now. They'd be like, "What? who is this woman? Um, I know we're, we're on the Robert Patrick thing, but since we're already yeah. in the... do we Are we supposed to believe that Johnny Cash was like harassed and bullied while he was in the Air Force? Because that whole like sequence is like all of his... Air Force buddies just making fun of him and him looking solemn and just milling around Germany and playing his guitar, where apparently he only wrote one song. He wrote one song the entire time he was in the Air Force. His entire deployment, he got one song out. But, like, are we supposed to believe that he was bullied? I, I think that just went to go. No, but I think, I think we're supposed to probably believe that, but I think that may or may not have been more or less, like, how much he didn't like the air force i think or anyway like in real life yeah but they could have showed that in a different way they just chose to do it with like he didn't have any friends yeah it's the joker origin story (laughs) it really is um but yeah robert Robert patrick Patrick, wrong kid died what do we think about wrong kid died performance wrong kid died um he's fine like i mean he he nails disapproving dad very well he only has one facial expression and that's just extreme frown um robert patrick has played the same role a lot (laughs) he really has like he's done um that the whole thanksgiving scene before johnny crashes the tractor but like that whole exchange between them i don't think robert patrick blinks or really changes his face like he's just staring down walking phoenix the whole time <laughs> can we stay on that scene for a little bit because that is a great scene the dinner scene the thanksgiving scene how yeah. how do you have your abusive father like with you for thanksgiving and let him win the argument like so thoroughly i don't understand because he fried the fuck out of johnny cash <laughs> <laughs> well, he does but there's a millionaire johnny cash his alcoholic dad roasted him <laughs> just fried him in front of everybody yeah. and his he, the other that was the one other thing that like kind of bothered me about this film is that we never really explore the my dad was an abusive alcoholic portion which granted that's been done in and philly and other films so really how many times can you betray it but there's not a whole lot of motivation behind it we get more of him and his brother jack in the beginning we don't really get like his dad coming home drunk and beating the shit out of him with like a belt or whatever. And so for the exchange for the dad to be like, I've been sober for years. It's like, cool. I didn't know you were drunk those years. So this is, this is a weird line to lay down on top of us. I was, I'm sober now. So what asshole? Like, (laughs) well, and like, that's, 
and we're supposed to believe that they the dad wasn't there to take care of Jack because he was at the bar like can we show him going to a bar a lot or coming home drunk or something like give some sort of motivation behind that yeah I think the after the Jack thing where it's like you know he twirls the tin can in his face <laughs> or whatever or he's like a whole lot of nothing in there you know like I don't like I think that was maybe but like yeah he didn't like not once and there's little mentions of it but like not once did you ever think he was really like a um a drunk like you thought he was a mean cuss but it's never never yeah. that you thought that he was like an alcoholic which we know is true yeah so it's his, just like his big scene is actually sign up kind of motivated like for your son to be chopped up by a saw like yeah go have a couple of drinks i understand that for you to come home that way but otherwise else eh. there's a weird and and like you said there's a weird undertone and it happens to a lot of stars that we know you know some people are well adjusted but a lot are people are always seeking attention and you know want and this is probably the same if you ever saw a psychiatrist what was up with johnny cash is that he was always reaching for approval from someone or seeking love from somewhere and they really didn't dive into that like they skimmed like they skimmed the surface of that and it, it, it kind of shows because he keeps inviting his father to different things and his dad is constantly disappointed, which is hilarious. At the concert, his dad is sitting in the front row just still frowning on him. Like, that's All these things, all this money, thousands of people cheering his name, and he's still like, wrong kid died. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> do you think Jack really would have amounted what to What was anything? Jack going to do? <laughs> Jack was going to be a preacher in Tubelo. Like, Jack I mean, was shoving his whole body into a saw. Like, I don't think Jack was actually the smartest one of the bunch. Not to besmirch this this, yeah, this dead actual child's man that name. But he wanted to be a preacher. He wasn't going to be. I mean, unless he's some sort of, like, baby Billy preacher. Like, he's not going to be in front of thousands of people. I kept thinking of misbehaving this entire time. Classic That banger. I saw that. <laughs> Miss B. I don't know. I kept thinking of of Baby Billy every time I was watching this movie. Um, yeah, I don't know. Robert Patrick. He has gotten some miles out of that mean cuss dad role. I feel like he's played that role a thousand times. He uh, has right. Like I'm not wrong about that. I'm looking at my filmography right now. Uh, oh, this is in reverse order. <laughs> I mean, he was ter- he's Terminator, but yeah. He was the Terminator. He was Upset Dad in Terminator 2. Um, <laughs> they stole his mur- mur- ah, motorcycle. That joke was ruined. Sorry. Uh, man, I, I actually really don't know a lot of his filmography. I don't know a lot of these movies. Yeah, I've seen Robert Patrick's face my entire life, but never like cared about who he was, so haven't really right. paid attention. I don't know. He's made a, he's made a living. He was in Bristol Terabithia? Holy shit. Yeah, he was a disappointed dad in that. He was in Spy Kids. Maybe a disappointed dad in that. There were parents. Uh... I don't know. He's always sort of. He's always sort of played like this. He's he has played a villain a lot. Hundreds of films. Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, he just always has always has work. <laughs> this I mean, he still has work coming up. He's got a movie in post production. Still playing disappointed dad. Uh, yeah. What a career! Hats off, Robert, Robert Patrick, one of the best villains of all time in Terminator Two, and one of the best disappointed dads of all time. 
But only 61. Still got years ahead of him to be disappointing. Yeah. Anything else, any other performance or anything else y'all wanted to highlight uh, from this from this film? And I have a few notes, maybe some notes y'all want to read. Uh, we never talk about the other band members' wives. <laughs> we kind of see them playing, I think, cards when they're practicing on yeah. the porch. And then they disappear, like... I don't know. Maybe talk about like these guys were also sacrificing so much to be with Johnny Cash. Just a weird, weird thing to show that they had wives, but never discuss it. Also, Luther Perkins died not long after the guitar player. He died not long after, um, like John and and June got married. He like he fell asleep with a cigarette in his hand and lit his lit his uh living room on fire he died at like 40 years old Damn. yeah they pay slight homage to it after the Folsom before he goes to propose for like the 80th time in the bus he takes a lit cigarette out of his hand and puts it out oh really yeah when they're in the bus oh. because he like gets out of his seat and then there's this Passover shot of like him grabbing you can't really tell what it is without except like seeing the orange glow but he takes it out of either it's his hand or his mouth and he puts it out and then just keeps walking. But that's like the little homage of like this man died for this exact reason. See, I did not notice that. But yeah, he that was a crazy uh he crazy ending to his story too. But uh Marshall Grant lived a the bass player lived a long life. He died in two thousand eleven. But um yeah, they don't really go into his backstory a lot either, but three of the founding members of like, they're all in like the rock and roll hall of fame and stuff. And they just kind of focus on, uh, and I, it's his story, but yeah, they don't really do any of the band members justice either. Speaking yeah. of the, the guitar player, every time they showed him on the screen playing guitar, he was just stone faced the entire time. And I died. <laughs> <It's laughing. true. laughs> just no, the bass yeah. player is like having the time of his life, like enjoying himself and the guitar player just, absolute stone face like somebody's got murdered in front of him like he just does not care look up Lu look up luther perkins they kind of nailed that casting with the way that that guy looks he actually looks the most like his character in here i feel like i'm looking can we talk about real quick the scene oh, yeah he oh they really did nail it he looks exactly yeah he like looks a, right good job team yeah, he looks exactly. It's crazy. They they had to have been like, "Can you play guitar?" No, it doesn't matter. Whatever, we'll get you in here. Get in here. The um the scene where they are doing the first Folsom Prison. Speaking of Luther Luther Perkins, they're doing the first Folsom Prison, and then he turns around and just looks at him, and by some act of God, Luther Perkins comes up with one of the most memorable quick guitar solos of all time. Yeah. Just, uh, like, looks at him, and he's like, I got it. Where has this been the entire time we've been rehearsing? <laughs> yeah, we just... Uh, that, you, that bothered me, too. You knew how to do this this entire time? <laughs> that bothered me, too, only for the implication that they're, they've been playing with Johnny, and he's never, like, stopped to mention, like, hey, I've also written, you know, my own songs. Like, I wrote this one song for the, you know, X amount of years I was in Germany, apparently, like... He's only been working on church hymns with them. He never stopped to be like, hey, by the way, I have this in my pocket if we ever need it. Just in case, I have one of the most popular songs ever. <laughs> no, but, 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 but if you don't want to play it, it's fine. 
Um, oh, do you also know how to play guitar like in <laughs> stuff really well and like do guitar so? We'll, we can do that later. If you don't like, if I call on you, maybe. <laughs> but like, if you don't, it's not a big deal. Yeah. But if you can do it, but it's not a big deal. I, I don't know anything about the real life story of that, but I, I hope it's true. I hope the real um, Luther Perkins really was just sitting there in the booth was like, I'm just going to pull this out. I hope you like it because this was we're recording. Also, shout out to uh, Sam Phillips for putting them on blast. Is like, like, I don't believe you at all. <laughs> just, <laughs> you don't believe I believe in God, sir. I I mean there were some great lines in this movie. I said like the script let down a few characters, but some things that I noticed from the script that the, there was a couple times when the uh, when Johnny would have a line like a zinger, you know that the script writer was just like yes, like just like ooh ah wrote that he t- took a smoke break like he was just like that was good, got that done for the day. There's a lot of great like the whole in here. like the whole maybe I am. You look like you're going to a funeral. Maybe I am. That's hot. <laughs> That's cool. That whole line only exists for the marketing. Exactly. Maybe I am. That's a that's a hell of a line. There was another there was another one too that I can't uh Oh. Mr. Cash, would you pr- please refrain from rem- the playing songs that remind the inmates that they're in jail? <laughs> you think they forgot? <laughs> that one. <laughs> you know the scriptwriter was like, "Babe, you're never going to believe what I just did." <laughs> And then did a whole speech on, I thought I was hard, but I never had to drink yellow water. Like, to the warden's face. (laughs) That writer was like thinking about prison reform or something, but that's a good line. Yeah, there's just a few lines in here that I really, that I thought were great. And they do make a really good sizzle reel for the trailer. This has a really good trailer, by the way. I haven't seen it. Go back and look at it. Yeah, go back and look at it. It's all the best lines from the movie, but it works. Um, speaking of marketing this movie, this movie has two posters, main posters. The first one is the most well-known one, the one that's uh, the drawn one. Um, yeah. And then there's another one, and it's what's featured on the Wikipedia page is John and June, but for some reason, it's super desaturated and blue. And so it looks like it's supposed to be like a like almost like a matrixy like sci-fi action film of the early 2000s it's a weird choice for the film oh yeah where they're looking back at the camera yeah it's like oh this looks like joaquin phoenix is a secret agent and reese witherspoon is teaming up with him the weird early 2000s gradient now a couple of these like the spanish poster doesn't have that like i think the french poster is like uh june and johnny like at the very end of the movie which is kind of interesting but yeah i see the one that you're talking about there's one that makes it look like a romantic comedy (laughs) hold on i'm gonna send this to you but yeah go ahead what do we uh anything else that y'all want to talk about um i any notes that y'all have i didn't care for it starting randomly in the middle of the balsam before the actual concert, he's just staring at the uh, table saw. I understand the purpose because he's, you know, reminiscing of, look where I came from, how did I get to this point? But you don't have to start in media res. We can start at the beginning. I know who Johnny Cash is. I know he performed in Folsom Prison. Like, we don't have to start right here in the middle of the story and then go backwards. 
Yeah, I agree. That that was completely unnecessary. Uh, I'm trying to look at my other notes and see if I have anything we haven't covered. Uh, I really like the music, especially the non-Johnny Cash music that they use in the soundtrack. Really mm-hmm. added to the vibe. Really felt good. Oh, that is a romantic comedy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like it looks like, or or not even a like a like walk to remember or something like that. Oh <laughs> god, like a yeah. Notebooky sort of vibe. Yeah, it definitely looks like she dies at the like middle of the movie, and the rest is like him like recovering. Yeah, that's a weird. Uh, that's a weird. I'm just gonna play my heart out for June. <laughs> I put. We'll have to tweet this picture so you know what we're talking about at this point. One of my notes is that uh, brunette Reese Witherspoon makes me feel things deep inside myself. Uh, I get it. Yeah, yeah. I get it. <laughs> My favorite line in the movie was a, uh, "I got the laryngitis." <laughs> <laughs> the, well, I didn't have it then, Paul. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> no, Bill. Yeah. Uh, uh, the only other thing any... I have written down is he improved the ripping the sink off the wall because he legit ripped the sink off the wall. <laughs> Oh, I was gonna talk about that. I had that written down in my nut in my. Uh, oh, my leaving that, not cutting it out. I'm leaving. In my it. notes, I, <laughs> thanks. I had it deep in my loins, <laughs> um, in my plums. Uh, <laughs> if you know what I'm talking about, if you know, you know. Um, I put. I wrote down. He just was mangled. Like go nuts in the bathroom. That was my note, and I got confused. <laughs> 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 oh man, <laughs> go go nut in the back. Ooh, no, 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 no. Hashtag Wrong one, one. Take, Cut that one. One take. Yeah, but was Mangold like go nuts in the bathroom, and then like he went like way over because it was like the camera was following him, and then he just was like supposed to look in the mirror, and then he just goes woom and rips the sink off. You'd think like they were just like okay, and <laughs> we had to buy a new sink. Um. That was probably the one take they were like, we can't do this anymore, dude. <laughs> you t- we had to you did buy it. that. Um, yeah, because even the... This is a Target bathroom. Why did you do that? This <laughs> <laughs> is like the back lot in, at Warner Brothers. They had to buy that sink now. Um, yeah, because I, I went back and rewatched it just for a second. The camera actually stutter steps. It takes a step backwards. Right. And he, I think he's supposed to swing around and do like the looking in the mirror shot, but... The second he rips down, the camera takes a stutter step backwards, uh, which you don't notice because you're just taken aback by a man just ripped a sink off the wall. But yeah, completely improv. Like he just went into a rage mode. Well, it does kind of add to the film the way that the camera. I noticed that too. I was like, I think that wasn't on purpose. Mm-mm. Like, and Mangold does a few like handheld shots in this that are pretty good. Like when he's running down the hallway trying to like or chasing after the car and the driveway and things yeah. like that. There's a few things in these that we see in like, um, uh, not the Wolverine, but Logan and things like that, that he's brought to his later films, which he's made two really good Ford versus Ferrari. If you don't know, that's the same guy fire, uh, for those. Yeah. For those of you that are listening to it, like Ford versus Ferrari and, and Logan, which are two movies of the bet, you know, two best movies of the past couple of years. Those are James Mangold projects, and he's con- going to continue, I feel like, to do better work. But he does a few things in this movie that you're like, I, you can see it. You know what I mean? 
Like he's getting his feet under him. And he did some really good movies before this. Uh, but this was up until the, this was his most popular movie. Like he did Girl Interrupted and Kate and Leopold Identity. But Walk the Line, this was the one where it's like, all right, you get your shot. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, and then he goes on and he does 310 to Yuma, which is great. He randomly does Night and Day. I didn't know that was him. Yep. But um, yeah, so. Yeah, this is, just from a cinematography standpoint, I'm not even going to try uh, at the cinematographer's last name, or first name, but it, maybe Papa Michael is the last name. Uh, you can look it up. But it, Papa it, Michael? It's, I, I'm going to try this, and people are going to hate me, but it's like, feed on Papa Michael? He's Greek. He's a cinematographer. Um, That's not a real name. <laughs> <laughs> it is a. Uh, <laughs> um, it's a, he's Mangold's guy. Like it, he's been basically working with him the whole time. But if you look at the all of his cinematography, like Ford versus Ferrari, um, he's done like a lot of Nespresso commercials for some reason. He did Nebraska. <laughs> um, Underrated movie. Yeah, the Will Forte, all black and white. Um, but this also is kind of one of the films where you can tell that cinematography was less planned out and it was more of like, let Joaquin Phoenix and Reese Witherspoon really explore the space more so Joaquin Phoenix. And we just follow him and capture whatever he gets. So there's a lot of camera movements in this film that you can see that the steady cam operator are, you know, the, the crane operator or whatever they were shooting at the time was like very much just like I'm I'm going to follow him and I have spike marks that I need to go to and if he's there he's there if he's not I don't know so it's a lot of like freeform ex- exploration of the space that is not really present in future Mangold films but this one like it feels very free-flowing it feels very almost manic in a way right I um I, I don't have anything to add in that, but I think I think a few things where it was just like, all right, we're just I guess we're gonna let him like destroy something or whatever. Like in the director's cut, he like breaks a table. I have to assume that they were like, that was my grandmother's table. Like, what did? Well, what does he do? Somebody, the people off camera, are like, what, what's going on? Dude, what's imagine he doing? like once they call cut, like, did everybody clear the space and be like, we gotta let him calm down. You don't come off that high instantly. Like, he's got to have a moment. Did Joaquin Phoenix actually take uppers for this? Let's discuss. (sighs) No, I'm not. Like, I probably not. But it's just funny to think, like, he was so in character. He's like, yeah, I was high as shit forever. Yeah. For two Uh, years while we were filming this movie. (laughs) Um, He was raised in a... In 05, Joaquin checked himself into rehab for alcoholism. So he's 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 gone through some stuff. Yeah, I mean, he has a... If you don't know Joaquin Phoenix's backstory, especially, it kind of parallels Johnny Cash a little bit, if we're being honest. Like, his more popular brother died when he was young and about to be a star, had a lot of promise. Like, he had parents that were really weird and, like... I guess supportive, but also just like they were in like a cult, right? Mm-hmm. Unless so, yeah. Right as River was born, or maybe right as Joaquin was born, but yeah. So just like kind of a weird upbringing as well. So it kind of parallels 
Johnny Cash's story more than we actually may think. A few of the notes, and then we can wrap up that I I think I wrote down. I, not I think I did write down. Yeah, it's been a long day. Um, let's see. So in the 1950s, they just used to let kids work with saws. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, who who saw? Like what? What is? The, I guess that like whoever they're chopping the wood for, that's who saw it is. But yeah, there's no, yeah, no supervision whatsoever in the 40s, 50s of like, yeah, this is a giant industrial piece of equipment. Good luck to you. They come to Johnny Cash, who's like eight, and they're like, where were you? You could have stopped this. Dude, how? I'm trying to read and write and go fish. Like, that's what I'm trying. I'm, I'm trying, trying to like, to read and write. I'm trying to, I'm trying to go to first grade. I'm not supposed to. I'm not supposed to be working industrial equipment and saving my brother from death. Like, that's such a hard thing to be like. I get why he, like, had problems when he was like, what, did he blame me for his death? Why don't you sue the guy that was letting him work a table saw? Yeah, Johnny Cash is like, I know a few hymns. I know how to fish. Like, I don't know shit else. Why? What was I going to do? <laughs> uh, just that that is so weird because I've heard story. My, my uh my dad grew up kind of like working around a sawmill is what my grandfather did. And, and, uh, his grandfather did was sawmill work. And so they would, they, they, he told stories of this thing where they would have to let stop a saw, take it out and let him get in the vent because he was the only one little enough to get in the vent to clean out sawdust. And that was in the sixties. So it's just like, so it's just like, they were just, they, nobody gave a shit about any regulations whatsoever for a long time they're just like we need someone small enough how about a child were there regulations for these kinds of things back then no definitely not he's like i'll pay you the dude died he says i'll he gave me he's gonna give me a dollar to cut the whole stack mm-hmm. you died on a table saw over a dollar but it's a dollar in like what 1940 something that's money uh, yeah, I mean, yes, it'll get you another pack of rice and beans, but like, <laughs> but uh, like, man, how they, they, being okay? I did write this down. Being poor back then, I mean, being poor anyway, stinks. Like nobody's ever going to sugarcoat that. But at least now you can get a cell phone, you can go to a grocery store, you have some form of entertainment, maybe, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Now, now that's not not of everyone. If you're there's tons of mitigating circumstances. I don't want it to seem all encompassing here. But being poor in a rural community in the 1940s that seemed terrible. That seemed like it's like we have a radio. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> our dad spends all our money on booze, apparently. <laughs> And a coffee can of nothing. Like that. I mean, it just seems it just seems awful. A dollar to cut wood on a table saw because they know that you'll take it is just like I don't know. I don't even have any words for that. A, a dollar. Also, one while whole fishing doll is hair. fun. It's, I couldn't imagine just going fishing like in silence, like. You know, when I go fishing now, it's like yeah. I got my my phone on me. I'm listening to some music. Like, you know, I got some alcohol, yeah. like, with some friends. Like, just being a child, just going out to fish with another child in utter silence. Like, nothing else going on. Back when on. times... 
back when times were good and you didn't need all this fat face snap and insta insta face <laughs> and things like that you didn't need all of it because we just had a cane pole and we sat there in silence <laughs> and didn't talk yeah i know and it was totally okay and i'm not <laughs> yeah. i'm not mad about it at all <laughs> That just yeah. Anybody who wants to tell you that back then, back back in the day, was better? No, they're lying. Not once. Full of shit. Not once. Not once. You mean you didn't have Netflix? <laughs> what would you do if a pandemic struck today? Uh, back then, you'd sit each, sit sit around and read the Bible. <laughs> yeah, I for guess the fifteenth so. time. Jim Gaffigan. Jim Gaffigan has a has a great joke about that about like about like it would be terrible to grow up in the sixteen hundreds. Is like. One of your kids would die, huh? Guess I gotta go read the Bible for the thirteenth time. <laughs> like, uh, uh, sounds terrible. I I wrote down a few other things. Um, just went off on a tangent there. Sorry. Thirty-one-year-old uh, Joaquin Phoenix is supposed to be playing an eighteen-year-old at one point. Nope. In the director's cut, they do more like. You see in in a couple of shots that they actually left in the actual movie of them like of newspaper clippings showing what's going on and that's how they do the passage of time. One of them that they left in the director's cut was like Hank Williams has died at like 29. Yeah. So that was kind of interesting and that's sort of how we kind of knew what time period they're in, but other than that, if you don't have that in there and they a couple of times they put up the location and the date the time here, the time frame spans 15 to 20 years and they sort of just leave. If you include the kids in there, it it spans like 40 years, but they kind of just all of it sort of runs together. Yeah. That's kind of a problem I had with it as well. Like there's no, there's really very minimal separation of time in here. Yeah. Um, I agree. And again, I don't, it, it might just be because Mangold just wanted them to be them, but costume and makeup put no effort other than giving the mom the glasses to say, we're all a little bit older here. Um, and yeah, they, they do do the date and time sequence, like at the, the, the bottom lower third there saying where they are very sparsely to weird effects. If only to say like this concert really did happen or, this this one this part matters factually true but otherwise else there's just it's so sparse that when it shows up you're almost like you're like oh right we're still doing this (laughs) um uh a couple more things jerry uh jerry lee lewis the guy who played him in this was um was great waylon Payne. yeah he was he was i don't know he was really good like he wasn't in, he's not in anything else really after this but Mm-mm. he played the piano and sang really great he was awesome Jerry Lee Lewis weirdo bad person so yeah that had to be weird to play I know nothing about that person Do you know <laughs> Sorry, anything about Jerry Lee Lewis Jake? Uh I know his music more than the person like I know he was not a good guy um big time drug addict married his 13 year old cousin yeah. Yikes. <laughs> yep. Drop a big yeah, yikes. Yeah, I didn't want to go down. <laughs> Mega yikes. We'll give this the we'll give this the yikes alarm. Jake, if you want to put in a yikes alarm in here. That will be a yikes from me. So moving uh, on from Jerry Lee Lewis. Maybe, unless you want to talk about it more. I don't want no, to talk about I, it. I was uh 
Waylon Jennings' son, Shooter Jennings, is in this for no particular reason? Yeah. Well, Waylon Jennings also, they, that part is accurate, surprisingly, where he lived in an apartment for months with just Waylon, like one of the more famous songwriters of all time, Waylon Jennings. And they just did barbi- they did uppers and barbiturates together and just live in an apartment in Nashville or wherever. But it's funny that they got, because Waylon Jennings died in 2002. So it's funny that they got Shooter Jennings, his son, who's also a singer-songwriter, mm-hmm. um, to play his dad in probably the worst time of his dad's life. <laughs> uh, I will admit that that part is cool. Not to say, like, you know, Walking Phoenix or Reese Witherspoon weren't singing or anything, but to actually, like, have a... I don't know, like a real performing singer to just sit there and strum and stare out a screen door and play like that's that's actually a really a really serene moment to the backdrop of Joaquin Phoenix being strung out. I'm a long way from home. That's a good song. Uh, yeah, and he has this real weird beard, like long beard and long hair. He looks a lot like his dad, and mm-hmm. he's that was kind of funny. He was like. I gave you that money for that bill. That was last month, man. <laughs> it's this month. This is, um, he tears up like a $21,000 check in a cashier's face. Like, that's how you know when you're on drugs. For no if you, reason. If, I was like, dude, calm down. If you can't cash this, then it's worth this. It's worth nothing. Like, uh, oh, I, love the, I love the banker. The banker's like, no, 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 don't do that. <laughs> Please don't. Like, like, that's a lot of money. Speaking of Joaquin Phoenix being strung out, uh, that scene where I guess June Carter just has him like locked in her house, like while he like comes down or like tries to like quit cold turkey or whatever. I was like, why is this happening? Why is this a part of this movie? <laughs> well, and I yeah, well, I wrote down a note about that too. They wanted this to be more subversive than it probably was in a PG thirteen rating. If this is a rated R thing, a thing, a scene that does this well, go watch. Uh, the fighter and where Christian Bale is coming off of doing heroin or crack. I forget which one he was on. I think it was crack. That scene is like hard to watch because he's like, because anybody coming off of drugs or, or, you know, getting clean off of it. And I forget what the term is when term is when you're starting to like cleanse off of that. It's like hard, man. You just like days pass and things like that. And like you feel it's like you're dying. You feel so sick and things like that. I don't know what it's like to come off drugs, but from what it's like, people feel like you're dying, like you're literally dying because you don't have the thing that's been keeping you going for a long time. And, you know, also a crazy drug to get addicted to Mexican pills. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, like that's nuts like you would think it'd be like and i guess that cocaine wasn't a huge thing back in the maybe it was but because he talks about the cocaine blues uh, but like but like pills damn johnny <laughs> like you're ahead of your time man um speaking of these mexican pills can we talk about the drug dealer that just shows up at his house and how 1970s porn actor he looks yeah oh yeah yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> Point a shotgun in his face. Get the hell out of here, boy. But, like, in a film that's biographically accurate to some points, and, like, most of the fashion is true, the cars are true, they made this dude, like, 
look like a PSA from the 90s about like this is what a drug dealer looks like like <laughs> all right and even like the transactions are a little too on the nose like him driving in the taxi and like a dude just like handing him a giant bag in a window <laughs> yeah you know how many pills he was caught with in real life no how many he was caught with 1200 pills in his Dear guitar Jesus Lord. Christ 1200 with the intent to sell, or was he just going to consume that many well, pills? Well, it's crazy because they arrested him. This would be a felt. You would go to jail forever now. Like, okay. but the, I mean, maybe if not, if you're famous, but the, like now, if you were just a normal person, 1,200 pills, they said because it was actually prescription pills and not, um, and not illegal narcotics, that they couldn't charge him with, like, intent to sell or a felony or something like that so he paid like a thousand dollar fine and he's like, on your way sir yikes <laughs> why don't you be on your way we don't care that's that's the 60s for you dude you would be thrown under the jail if you came with like a thousand pills of oxycontin you would make national news yeah it'd be over for you like even if yeah. you are a famous person like you're done out here <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that's nuts. Where they're just like, oh, pills, pansy, whatever. Give him a fine. There's a couple of scenes in here where I was like, yeah, Johnny Cash would have been canceled for that. Like, uh, oh, like yeah. the times a wasting scene where he like tries to force June Carter to sing this song she wrote with her husband, oh. like, and then like, and then tries to kiss yeah, her and, like, on tries stage. Tries to kiss her on stage. It's like if they had Twitter, it would have been over for Johnny Cash. <laughs> It's a Y'all rap. seeing what this dude Johnny is doing on stage right now? Somebody's Facebook June live Carter needs shit. it. Like you're done. Yeah. You <laughs> then we'd have people blaming June Carter for still being on the tour and everything else. Like, you know, it'd be yeah. it'd be two sides to to the thing where it'd just be like, why is she still there? Like, da 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 da. Um, the only other thing I wrote down is I want a movie about this tour. Cause. Huh? The, the actual tour that they go on, I mean, you have Elvis, you have Jerry Lee Lewis, you have uh, Roy Orbison shows up for a little bit. Like, imagine a movie, because obviously they all, like, probably just partied and whatnot, but, like, also inspired each other. And, like, probably some of the best music that we know from that decade probably came from that tour or inspired by, like, give me a movie about that. Like, them in their hijinks and blowing up a tree branch. Like, probably nonstop fun. They needed more of that, of that one scene. That was great. Was it? Because I wrote that. I was like, why is this in this movie? Like, you could have cut this shit out. Why are they blowing up a tree? Yeah. Well, I, I think it wanted to. I think it wanted to tell you how nuts they probably were. When in fact they were way more crazy than that. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, it was a toned down. Like oh, see what hijinks you can get up to in the 1950s. But those uh, wacky kids and their pills. But, like, these are some of the biggest names that we talk about in music from that era. And they were all just young and partying and traveling in caravans around the country to play in theaters. Like, give me a movie about that. I want to watch it. Also about that tour I wrote down, imagine having to ride across the country in the backseat of a two-door car. (laughs) Oh. That looks awful. Ugh. Well, it it is funny because how little those tours start. And you know, like like even the story of the funny like in sync played in Beaumont one time, you know, like 
it's just like all these things that all these stars that become big, they always go to these small, like Shreveport or, you know, all these small cities and things like that. My grandparents saw Johnny Cash and his band, and I assume a bunch of these other guys, at like the State Fair in Nacogdoches. Ooh. The State like, Fair was in Nacogdoches. Or like a fair in Nacogdoches or something like that. So it's just like Nacogdoches? Like this dude played in Vegas. He had like a residency in Vegas forever. Like, But Nacogdoches, Texas. Axum, that's where you're starting? Yeah. Axum Jacks. I don't know. So that's, I had a, I mean, I, I put maybe this film is better if we actually get a deep dive. They were never going to let this film be rated R. That just wasn't going to happen. And not all films have to be rated R to no, be good. Don't get me wrong. Like Dark and this film was good with, you're right. Like, and this film was good regardless of that but i feel like there when you tell these stories and you want to be really honest mm-hmm. and you want to be really about what because we're adults like what happens when it like he says the f word one time in this like really <laughs> we, we don't we don't think that johnny johnny cash is dropping some f-bonds here yeah like say you know or we don't see any of the weird even more of the drugs or how bad it affects or how bad it really tore up yeah. it like there's a rated R version of this somewhere where it's a little bit more adult and more realistic. Um, I mean, except for 11 year old Roy and this film was not marketed to children. Like, I don't, I don't think anybody like no. young was excited to see it. And the most famous, I came, of I came Cash, away from this. <laughs> Sorry. I came away from this loving Johnny Cash. <laughs> I was like, hell yeah. Let I mean, me the, buy three CDs. The most famous poster in every college dorm room is, is him uh, frowning and flipping people off like we all know who Johnny Cash is we all know the kind of person like just give him to us like I'm not going in for this sort of fairy tale fantasy he got sober and everything's fine Johnny Cash like just tell me the real story let's go see but I feel like you can get away with a PG-13 Johnny Cash movie where you couldn't do that with like a lot of artists like if they made a Fleetwood Mac biopic that would have to be rated <laughs> R you couldn't get away with a PG-13 Fleetwood Mac movie or like I bet you they, I bet you they would try yeah. No, they wouldn't. They they would definitely make that rated R. Yeah, I think this was more of a time when rated R movies didn't weren't as seen as more marketable. True. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they were they were made solely to as as like art, and they definitely wanted to. I mean, besides like the Matrix, but like they definitely wanted this movie to be like marketable because of the material. Because of uh, who it focused on. Maybe, and maybe made a year too late because these two died in 2003. So, I mean, not talking about marketability off of death, but like nobody had really thought about Johnny Cash and them after he did Hurt, and that was great. And then they unfortunately died at kind of young, like 70 ish, 71, surprisingly. Mm -hmm. So. How hard he lived, it made it made a lot of sense. But they made it they made it in two thousand and five before they ever you know they wanted to market it off of their story. So I don't know. I think I don't know. I think there's a more more adult film in here somewhere. Last thing I have: Why did June Carter put up with this? I agree. I don't I agree. in real life. Like why did what? I don't see it, man. I, 
Jeez. This is a film that celebrates wearing the woman down where 50 no's equals one yes. It's an old Sean Connery uh, family guy yeah. bit. 50 no's and one yes means yes. Like, this poor woman. And like 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 I said, the the ending of the movie is very like hand wavy and they lived happily ever after, so you don't even get like them in a happy, healthy relationship other than like I guess like two seconds of him like walking around while the family's outside, but like I don't know. You just never like get that moment of like, ah yes, this is what it was for. It's just like And we're done. Bye. Also, her yes to the proposal feels very forced. Like, it's that yes when people propose at sports games and they don't want to be the asshole <laughs> that says no and embarrasses the dude, but says no when they go away from everybody. Like, it's it actually feels like not a good scene. Like, it, she's saying no. She's saying we're in front of people that just want to hear the song. This is not the place. And then finally she relents and is like, fine, yes, I'll marry you. That actually does not feel like a good scene. After that big argument about like not wanting to marry him, like seconds yeah. earlier. After giving legit reasons about why we shouldn't marry, and then immediately turn around like, all right, fine, I'm relent. Let's go. Let's do this. Yeah, it was just about time. And she like, you're being so annoying. Okay. I actually wrote down who had the cringier proposal: <laughs> Johnny Cash or Damien and Gigi from Love Is Blind. <laughs> <laughs> At least Gigi reciprocated the love in some way. <laughs> but that, oh my god, that proposal was just awful. I was like, I'm so uncomfortable right now. No, Damien, did, will you marry me? <laughs> did June, did June Carter ever tell Johnny Cash that his dick da- that his dick game was trash? <laughs> my other husbands uh, were better. <laughs> you know what I say when we perform together, and you say it's the best of your life. Uh. <laughs> notice how i never say it back <laughs> when i play the auto harp and i say this uh oh my god all right we're going off the rails here i i more power god rest their souls but like more power to her for doing that because that is it is very that seems rough film and feel not good for june like it is very easy to watch this film from a perspective of like oh this is this is not a good life for her this was not easy johnny cash has walked all over women it was kind of awful to them yeah mm, mm. if you want to really get a feeling of what he went through in his life and 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 what they kind of went through listen to the song and a lot of people have heard it if you like johnny cash and it's one of the last songs one of the last albums that he put out listen to hurt by johnny cash you'll uh it's a remix of a night it's a redo of a nine inch nail song which is kind of surprising i think mm-hmm. and it's so much better than the original oh it's so much better than the original yeah. the nine inch I- nails one is like ugh. I don't. I don't think even Trent Reznor recognizes it as his, his own song anymore. Like I think he just like full out said, "That's Johnny Cash's. Keep it." Trent Reznor all of a sudden like a really important film musician. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Captain now. Marvel. One, what the heck? Won a Grammy because of Little Nas X. Yeah, I. I mean, wait, what? What a life. What? Um, wait, what? Or uh, the guitar riff in Old Town Road is a Nine Inch Nails song. So through a couple what? of different lines, Trent Reznor is gets a credit on Old Town Road. 
what? <laughs> yeah. The like okay. the famous intro that uh, yeah, like that guitar intro, it's from a Nine Inch Nails song. Or it might just be a Trent Reznor song, but either way, he's technically a part of that. Trent Reznor somehow attached himself to David Fincher and is now, you know, he won an Oscar for the social network. Did he really? Yeah, he won a he won an Oscar for the social network. He was nominated for a Golden Globe for Golden Girl with a Dragon Tattoo and Gone Girl as well. Mm-hmm. He does the score for all of those movies. Holy shit! I had no idea. Trent Reznor's like not really a part of my like cultural consumption. Like I, yeah. But uh, I had no idea he was like so out here. Like he popped up in yeah. Captain Marvel, like I mentioned, like Nine Inch Nails being a thing. Um, obviously, Hurt. I found out about. That's how I found out about Trent Reznor at first. Is like knowing that Johnny Cash's mm-hmm. song was a cover. Uh, but yeah, apparently that dude is out here. Good for him. Yeah. Uh, Trent Reznor portion of the pod. All right. Um, yeah. Shout out to Johnny Cash. If you haven't listened, this actually, this album, the soundtrack album is really good mm-hmm. because yeah, the uh, soundtrack to because they take all of, it's like they take all of Johnny Cash's hits. You don't have to go through. If you go on Spotify and look at Johnny Cash's discography, thousands of songs it's so many albums it's like hundreds of albums of like christmas music best part one christmas music best part two best gospel hymns part 18 you're like oh my god how many albums have they started to continue to put he just they just released an album of unreleased songs by johnny cash in like 2018 mm-hmm. yeah yeah but if you go and listen to this album it's just joaquin phoenix and reese witherspoon singing the hits and it's great i had this album on repeat I bought this CD. Something I did learn Back in from this movie about Johnny Cash's songs. I had no idea June Carter wrote Ring of Fire. Yeah. I had no trivia. clue. She, let me just say, she was in her bag on that one. She pimped the pen. <laughs> that shit is great. <laughs> I had no idea. That okay, do, do we have a favorite Johnny Cash song? Is it Ring of Fire? Mine's Folsom. Mine's actually walked the line. Is it walked the line? Mine's actually walked the line, yeah. I like uh I like get rhythm or I love I love I mean I don't know what it says about me. I like cocaine blues. That song's fire. True. Nineteen fifties talking about cocaine and killing people, like what? <laughs> Boy names. Like people had to been like classic. Oh yeah. Man, he has so many good songs. Anyway, I'm going to have to go listen to some Johnny Cash. We're going to end the pod and begin the pod, of course, with some Johnny Cash songs. So, anything else before we wrap up? I know we said this 12 times. Just like the movie, we have like four different endings here. Exactly. All right, you can find us at One Take Pod, the number one take pod on Twitter. You can find us at Roy Nogletree, at Dex Hinton, and at... Is it Carb Container is your... Yeah. Carb Container. Okay. I was like, you can find us at Carb Container on Twitter. You can find us at Roy Nogletree, at Lord Hinton, and at Mr. Wallenby on Instagram. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. You should rate, review, and subscribe to doing for on Apple. You should also download and subscribe on Spotify. You can find us on Google Podcasts. You can find us on Simplecast, which is our hosting platform. Thank you to Simplecast. No free ads, but thank you. And, uh, yeah, and we'll normally post a lot of content on there. You're going to have to probably follow us on Twitter to make sure you know what movies we're going to be reviewing coming up because of just how weird things are still. Uh, we are going to try and 
still see Onward before everything gets shut down. I still want to try and see The Way Back um, before every get things get shut down. If we don't, we have a list of movies that we still need to review. We have several on Twitter that people have told us have a lot of sports movies now because, uh, you know, no sports until May, which I don't guys, I don't know. How I'm going to do it. <laughs> I'm already, we're going to have to do three calls. pods a week. We're going to have to do three pods a week. <sighs> RIP to the NBA. <laughs> RIP MP to everything. Not to everything. Hopefully not just sports right now. We're going to be fine. We're going to be fine. Um, Yeah, that's it. That's all I have. Dex, hit them with the hashtag. Do we have something on mind that we are doing next week? I mean, we're going, to, we're going to try to do Onward, but do we have a movie, if a fallback plan, if we have to do one on Thursday? Uh, we can cut this out, too, by the way. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll cut it out. Uh, shit, I don't know. Here, let's close it out, and then... Yeah. Recording, we'll, we'll close it out. out we'll close it out and discuss uh yeah all right Say dex, so rate down rate download subscribe dex hit him with a hashtag hashtag support florence pew baby don't let coronavirus take you away from the florence pew support hashtag support our dex, queen watch Midsommar. never it's not happening it will <laughs> never happen hashtag support reese witherspoon also she is our queen all hail Oh, All right, guys. Bye. We out.